Hello and welcome to Euronet Plus and The Green Deal. The Green Deal is the new and climate-friendly podcast created by the European Radio Network. My name is Ina, I'm a journalist and happy to be part of Euronet Plus. In this podcast, my European colleagues from member radios of our network and I are discussing the big milestones the EU has to meet to work effectively against climate change. The Green Deal deals with food safety, renewable energy, the reduction of carbon dioxide, traffic and many other main topics on the way into a climate-friendly and healthy future. Can we reduce our environmental footprint on this planet? Can Europe be the first continent to be climate-neutral by 2050? The Green Deal collects thoughts, ideas and new developments of politicians and scientists from all over Europe. Let's find some answers to the most important questions our species should ask. Not only for us, but our children and all generations after. If you are interested in what our future on Earth might look like, subscribe to Euronet Plus and The Green Deal and stay informed. Do you know exactly how many clothes you own? Each time you open your wardrobe, do you choose something different or do you always gravitate towards the same 10 favorite pieces? On average, we buy 60 new items of clothing each year. Most of them go straight into our wardrobe and don't come out again. The figures confirm this. We regularly wear just 20% of what we own. Forgotten and unworn, these neglected pieces of fabric have a pretty sad life. The textile industry plays an important role in Europe, employing 1.7 million people and generating a turnover of about 166 billion euros. However, so-called fast fashion is the fastest growing category of waste, with 80 billion items produced worldwide each year. The biggest problem with fast fashion? Well, the fashion industry has become increasingly hooked on cheap synthetic fibers, especially polyester, made from petroleum-derived fibers. Their use has doubled in textiles over the past 20 years, and they could account for nearly three quarters of the world's total fiber production by 2030. Another issue is that the mixture of fabrics used in most garments makes them impossible to recycle. The European Commission is therefore working to increase pressure on the fashion industry to change its tastes and move away from these dirty clothes. Brussels is preparing a new strategy for sustainable textiles. It is currently under public consultation and should be presented in the third quarter of 2021. The strategy's ambition is to boost the competitiveness, sustainability and resilience of EU's textile sector while addressing its environmental and social impacts. This could include setting targets to dramatically increase reuse and recycling efforts and to make public procurement greener in the EU. So how viable are Europe's ideas for a fashion industry makeover? My Euronet Plus colleagues from Polsky Radio in Poland spoke to Eva Szotkiewicz from the Worldwide Fund of Nature, short WWF. The strength lies in cooperation. Producers, retailers and other organizations are already making efforts to change the industry and progress seems promising, but the initiatives are quite fragmented and small-scale. Therefore, the realization of such a new textile model for the economy will require an unprecedented level of adaptation and willingness to cooperate. It requires an approach based on changes at the system level, mobilizing key players in the industry, establishing ambitious joint commitments, starting demonstration projects and taking initiatives, including local ones. 
It is very important that producers care about the products they offer us. It would be good for stores to simply find clothes that are sustainable, that can last for years, that can be passed on to someone later, and not those that deteriorate after a few or one use. It is essential that the legislation watches over manufacturers, because we will only be successful if the components work right away. There's no need to look elsewhere. There must be a good law that obliges producers, but also us consumers, to ensure that, for example, we do not throw away the clothes, but donate them to a selective collection. It is important that manufacturers tell us the true environmental cost of their own operations and those of their products. And it is crucial that U.S. consumers are also ready and open to choose organic products made from organic cotton, clothes that are sustainable, but also be ready to pay more with the confidence, however, that a given garment will serve us for a long time, remembering the afterlife of the fabric so that they can be returned to circulation as a resource for production. The EU should also provide guidance on achieving high levels of separate textile waste collection in all European countries by 2025. Regulatory measures favoring the sorting, reuse and recycling of textiles, such as extended producer responsibility, will also be proposed. Finally, the EU's so-called circular economy plan, which should be adopted this year, also extends the right to repair to textiles. For example, in France, repairers offer consumers the choice between recycled products and new products. My dear friend and fashion designer Monique Plönix challenged herself not to buy a single item of clothing in 2020. How did it go and what might our path to sustainable clothing look like? Actually, it was not that hard. I started 2019 to think about uh, my consumption, how I buy things, how many things I buy. And then I just told myself, okay, now I have to change something. So I planned I buy nothing at all concerning clothes. That means no fast fashion, no new clothes, nothing. And it actually worked really well. Because um, I'm not a fashion victim at all, so um, it was not that hard. As a fashion designer, I, I worked for quite a long time for luxury brands, premium brands and mainstream brands. And now the time has changed globalization and producing far away. So I think that um, the main problem about fast fashion is the amount of um, clothing is too much. Everybody is producing 12 collections each year or even more. We have to think about if we need these kind of clothes each week, if we have to buy all these clothes, or do we get along with all our clothes in our wardrobe? or buy secondhand. That's also another way to, to save the environmental workout with, with clothing. And the production of clothing is not that environmentally healthy. So when, when we look at the other um, countries, for example, Bangladesh, there we can see the pollution, the whole process of dyeing, the whole process of washing, producing the fibers. If we don't think about this, I think um, there's something wrong. Because when you buy clothes that is cheaper than a coffee to go, then we have to think about our consumption. Producing new clothes also means using a lot of water. 
Yes. How, how much water do we spend for a regular T-shirt? I'm not really sure about it, but it's a lot. It's um, more than 3,000 liters. And we are just thinking about the cotton fiber itself. Then if you want to have a washed feeling or you colored it and you're dyeing it, then you spend water again. Then you spend water for ironing. You spend Uh, not just water, you spend also energy. It's the whole thing that you have to have in mind when you want to, to be uh, sustainable, when you want to have a sustainable process, then it's really important that you have to start at the beginning, that you use more nature resources than producing polyesters or nylons for the clothes, because then you, you start the cycle with microplastic again that's also a main problem when we think about the washing when you you bought the clothes you have it at home and then you just um, wash it in your washing machine then you also produce microplastic and this goes on and on and on and i mean we have to stop this we have to think about solutions and we have to think about how we get uh, used to a process that is sustainable for everybody and also for fair trade processes. What would be a good approach to actually reach our climate goals? How can we make the fashion industry more sustainable? I mean, that's really hard. First of all, we have to change not only the industry, we have to change our mind. We have to change our mind in consumption. That means, do I have to buy all these clothes? No. That's one thing. And the other thing in the industry, we have to find a way to produce clothing in a sustainable way. That means that we start with the fiber, then we start to produce less, then we have to sell less clothes. And then it's all about um, the recycling or about the cycle process. That means you, you buy clothes And when you want to get rid of it, then you just have the opportunity to do it in a bin. That means go to landfill. Yeah. Throw it away, have it burned, have it brought out to the landfill. Yes, most of the clothes goes in, into the landfill. You have just little opportunities. I mean, you can give it to charity. I think it's just 1% are going to recycle processes. The main part goes to the landfill. It's not only the microplastic, each color is a chemical reaction. So it also gets into the uh, environment, into the nature. And also when, when you think about a leather process, yes, I mean, um, it's a hard job to do that sustainable. What's the main problem with recycling? You already mentioned the fabric, so it's not quite possible to uh, recycle clothes properly because all those fabrics that are mixed can be divided uh, again after process because by now we are not at a point where that would be possible. Um, but that also means if we want to keep it sustainable or make it sustainable, we have to produce clothes only from one fabric instead of mixing fabrics. Would that be a solution? 
Yeah, that's also a big deal that the designers has to think about. That means um, if we have a um, garment which is uh, consisted of two fabrics, that's that's even worse than one fabric. Yeah, but when we have one fabric, we have also the um, composition, and that's the main problem: the composition of the fabrics. So when you think about a T-shirt, it's maybe eighty, eighty-seven, or ninety-eight percent of cotton. And you have 2% of elastan. So elastan is not a natural fiber, so it's uh, synthetic. And that's really hard to divide. I mean, we have the paper, we have the glasses, and we have the plastic. So that's it's the same thing about the clothes. So when the, the fabric has three different ingredients, then we have to think about, is it really necessary? Or if we can have a technique or a, a new process which is easier to separate them afterwards because that would be the next step when we want to have a cycle then we have to deal with these kind of problems for the recycling that we have to separate these different fibers mm. next time you go shopping you should probably think about Do I really need this or can I just leave this behind because I have something else in my wardrobe that's still good enough to wear? Yeah, pay attention because if the next t-shirt you buy is less expensive than your coffee to go, there's definitely something wrong with this. Yes, that's okay. true. And the last thing I just want to remind everybody that behind these kind of clothes, there's always a person who is living really really far away from us but this guy or this this person has to have a condition for working and this has to be fair trade i mean we have really a kind of responsibility when we buy the clothes we are responsible for the people who are doing this so maybe maybe you have that in mind when you buy the next thing just get in touch with this kind of emotion that someone did it for you and This person has to be paid. The conditions we have to think about. Everybody is responsible, I think, not just the industry. And if we keep this in our mind and we keep the kind of pressure, it will help to fasten this kind of process. Monique, thank you for joining me today. Thanks very much. Thank you. Bye. I recently heard about the so-called capsule wardrobe, a small collection of useful clothes that you love and that change with each season. I've never been a fashion victim and never enjoyed shopping, but I have found quite a few pieces in my wardrobe that I definitely don't wear. I just gave these items away to charity and with the remaining clothes, I built a capsule wardrobe for myself. I now only have items that I can combine, so I basically wear the same things all the time, but it doesn't necessarily show because I can wear these things in different combinations. There are more and more people who are rethinking their behavior in terms of the impact on our environment. This development is also visible in Poland, says Thomas Amader, a Polish designer associated with the Polish fashion forum Modopolis. Growing numbers of people are asking more questions about how their lives affect the natural environment. People are increasingly analyzing their daily choices. They think about, for example, water consumption, if they should drink water from plastic bottles or with plastic straws. 
And it seems to be that this is expanding to new areas of life. And fashion is the area closest to us, because we are always wearing clothes. People don't want to wear something that has caused harm, whether to the environment or to workers in the developing world, or wherever it may be. They don't want to wear disposable junk that gets damaged along the way. The point is that these people don't want to cause harm. They want the best for themselves and for the world, and therefore they make these choices. Entrepreneurs also approach the fashion industry in different ways. Are sustainability and high turnover mutually exclusive? Ryan Yazin, founder of Petit Pli in London, has developed a brand that allows children's clothing to grow with its wearers, drawing inspiration from aerospace engineering. My colleagues from Polsky Radio spoke to Ryan. So Petit Pli exists because the fashion industry is the world's second largest polluter and we already know what one of the solutions is and that is to extend the life and use of clothes and that's the best way we can reach our carbon, water and waste emission targets by 2030. Petit Pli has done this by focusing on a very niche user group which is children and designing clothes from the ground up to grow with them. So this garment expands bidirectionally to custom fit a range of ages from nine months to four years. Uh, it utilizes a ripped-up structure to make it last as long as possible and it has concealed knee patches for increased durability too. So one of the main inspirations behind this was uh, my background as an aeronautical engineer where I specialized in deployable structures for nanosatellites. This involved a lot of research into origami structures and folds and stowing away as much material as possible into a small gap and then having that deploy out in space. Um, and that has really filtered down into this design. But another inspiration that led to this was actually my nephew Vigo. When I purchased some clothes for him and sent them over to Denmark, um, by the time he had received them, they didn't actually fit. Um, and this served as a real stimulus to, to look at, at this as a problem that needed fixing, really. A garment which has temperature properties which are far beyond what our uh, standard uh, cheap clothing can achieve. What if you could have one garment which really truly does keep you dry and, and cool in summer and also dry and warm in winter um, where it's adapting? Or what if you could have a garment which morphs in its shape for different uh, social situations? Or what if you could have a garment that morphs in shape over time and perhaps reveals a print as a, as a child is growing? Uh, all of these innovations can be achieved if we actually begin to value the most intimate products of our lives a little bit more. Clothes that accompany us over the years rather than a new collection every month, this is one way of overcoming the huge problem fast fashion poses to our planet and our health. Another brilliant idea is exemplified by Rent the Runway, a company that today allows more than 10 million members to rent clothes for special occasions. Thus, the clothes are worn more times and nothing new is produced that will end up at the back of a wardrobe after its first and only use. Another thing you can do when out shopping is to make sure the clothes you buy are made from a single fabric so that they can be fully recycled. As Eva from the WWF sums up, there are three main issues with the fashion industry value chain. Synthetic fibers are also one of the key problems in the textile industry. For example, the manufacture of polyester, a material found in 60% of clothing, produces almost three times as much carbon dioxide as organic cotton, and its decomposition can take 
decades and polluted the marine environment with plastic microfibers. About 21 million tons of polyester were used in clothing last year, 157% more than in 2000. These synthetic fabrics, fleece, nylon, polyester, acrylic, release these plastic microparticles when washing, which enter the water and then the whole food chain. An example that everyone knows, there are found in the stomachs of fish that we then eat, and this is to say that our clothes are found on our plates. Plastic pollution of the marine environment has harmful effects on health, the economy and the environment. We know that plastic microparticles have already been found in water, in beer, as well as in human organisms, also in the digestive tracts of pearls. Plus, this research shows that we eat our plastic. That is why it is so important to choose materials of natural origin and to take care of materials that contain plastics so that they do not get released into the environment. There is a lot for Europe to do, but the same goes for each and every one of us. Stay tuned for another look at the fashion industry in the not-too-distant future. But in the meantime, the next stop on our Green Deal journey is agriculture.